Hello, and welcome to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we looked at some Thanksgiving episodes to celebrate the holiday weekend. We also put out our weekly Twitter poll asking a slightly different question than usual. We asked if you guys had ever had a live turkey at your Thanksgiving after a bizarre trend between our three episodes was noticed. Out of everyone who answered the poll, only one person said that they had. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, because they didn't actually tweet at us a story. If, if you are that one person, and you were being 100% serious that you really did have a live turkey or Thanksgiving, can you, can you tell us how that went? I need to know. I need to know how this functions. I have a theory about who it was. I think it was grown-up Tommy Pickles, who is a obviously a dedicated listener to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. Yeah, I guess he didn't feel the need to tweet at us because we already discussed his entire story. Yeah, we already saw it. That's fair. (laughs) But in the case, in the the off chance that it's not Tommy Pickles, whoever you are, give us give us a tweet. That's at fnn underscore podcast. Alright, so this week we're discussing two of the side characters from the Wild Thornberries, Donnie and Darwin. Thanks as always for listening. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Our first episode is about Darwin from the Wild Thornberries. It's called The Trouble with Darwin, and it's from Season 4, Episode 5. In this episode, the Thornberries are in Tanzania, Africa, to film the grand opening of Dr. Jane Goodall's Chimpanzee Sanctuary. Eliza's really excited about it because she's been idolizing her for a long time, but they end up having sort of an unfortunate meeting because of some issues between Darwin and Eliza and uh, her feelings get hurt, and we also encounter some poachers along the way. So, pretty interesting episode. And this episode rekindled my absolute hatred for anything poaching-related. It was so, it was such an easy way for me to get fired up about, like, a movie or TV show or anything when I was a kid. Just throw in some poachers and, like, some quicksand, and I would just be really stressed out. Yeah, this actually is a fairly high-stress episode, too, with the situations they get caught in it's like one of those shows where you know things are going to work out but you still just you feel a little uncomfortable along the way you know absolutely it's it this episode does a great job of highlighting the the human side of darwin with uh, which is kind of i don't know if it's irony or not the fact that he's named darwin and that this you know monkey exhibits human-like uh conditions because of eliza's Magical powers where she can talk to animals. Um, So her and Darwin have this very nice relationship. They're very close, and uh, Dr. Goodall doesn't really understand that. And it's... Yeah, she seems to think that because he's dressed in human clothes, that, like, Eliza's just keeping him as a pet, you know, and just kind of making him act like a person and... You know, immediately it doesn't really come to anyone's mind. You know, it's not like I see a person with a monkey and I'm like, oh, she'd probably talk to that monkey and communicate with him. That makes sense. I'll allow it. (laughs) Yeah, you can't blame her. And also, so Dr. Jane Goodall, the the chimpanzee, the famous chimpanzee scientist, (laughs) whatever, um, she 
it voices herself in this episode. There's even a cool thing at the end of at the but just before the credits where they give like an email and a phone number and a place for donations to her organization. So it's cool that she did this, that she, you know, did her part in helping to educate kids through a show that a lot of kids loved. And yeah, it's it's a great way to have, you know, Eliza meet her idol, see her future self reflected in her. But if there's also that soul-crushing moment where, you know, the f basically the first interaction they have is Dr. Goodall criticizing her for not letting Darwin live a, a natural life. Yeah, and again, it's understandable from her perspective, and obviously the situation is different because, I mean, Eliza by no means is being disrespectful or forcing Darwin into it, but it's just the immediate thing, and Eliza's a little bit sad. There's, there's also this sad moment where... She she kind of implies that Darwin's a little bit fat, and he just makes this saddest little pout, and it's like, ugh. She I don't know why. She doesn't know he me. can understand her, yeah. Oh, man. So, but, um, I, I loved this episode. Uh, I uh, the, the, the drama of it is so stressful. So, basically, through a bunch of... <laughs> wacky circumstances. We have a B-plot with Deb and these baby chimps that's kind of cute. It's a much better B-plot for Deb than the one we're going to talk about in the next episode. We'll have some some choice rants for you guys, but um, the B-plot isn't as important to this episode. It's mostly um, Darwin gets... Wait, really quick. Yeah, really yeah. Really quick, though. I want to talk about another B-plot, which is where Nigel keeps going on about how famous he is. Yeah, he's so delusional. He said, like, some tourists asked him where the snack bar is, and he's like, but I was on to them. He's, like, gushing over how he's recognized everywhere. Again, not a really important plot, but just, uh, he's, he's fun. He's in his own little world, but he's an enjoyable character. For you know, sure. I'm reg almost regretting now not putting him on my top five list. He might beat out Hoodsey for secondary characters. I mean, it's too late now, Casey. It is. He's just so... He's so much. <laughs> he is. And they also, like... They... Because he's filming with Dr. Goodall, and they're... She, like, asks him a question, and he just kind of, like, stares at her with, like, admiration. He's just, like, stammering on the shoot. So he's fun. But, he's again, just, just a beat plot. Yeah. Not majorly important. Right. So, yeah, basically, Darwin gets kidnapped, and it becomes sort of Eliza and Jane working together but separately to get him back without even realizing that they're doing it. You know, they they both have similar thought patterns about animals and about what their plan of attack should be to get Darwin back. And it's it's kind of cool to see, like, the sort of hints that Eliza is going to go on to have this awesome career that she loves just like her, her hero. That's how I read it anyway. Yeah, I, I did the same. And there's... There's just a lot of moments with Eliza here because the poachers end up capturing him. And, and a bunch of other animals, too. Yeah, and she, being the very person that she is, decides to get onto their their truck and, like, talk into their radio and tell people that they're poachers, which 
I don't know about you, but I would be pretty terrified of the poachers, and there's not a chance I would be going on anybody's, you know, truck and stuff when they're like this, and they're capturing animals. They're clearly, you know, not opposed to violence. Right. So, pretty, pretty big move on her part. Yeah, she's putting herself in danger, and through all of this, uh, Jane realizes the bond that Eliza and Darwin have, and how this goes much deeper than just a pet. Eliza's risking her life for her, and uh, yeah, there's a nice moment of reconciliation between the two of them at the end, where it almost implies that Jane knows about Eliza's secret. She does have this sort of all-knowing, you know, smooth accent. British, right? Australian? Um, British. I, I'm gonna be honest, I get these mixed up all the time. Let me, let me just fact-check yeah. ourselves here. So, Mr. Jane Goodall is British. Great. Yeah, she's 82. Um, yeah, she, uh, she she has this sort of all-knowing air to her in the episode, and uh, not only because she understands animals so well, but she seems to have this knowledge of the world. You know, she's this kind of mystical figure in the episode. And she says, you could, you could almost say that you and Darwin have a, a magical relationship, and Eliza's kind of like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, and there, there is just a kind of tone in her voice, this like look on her face that kind of makes you think, does she know? Does she? Mm-hmm. I don't know, know how she would, but. I mean, it's just it's just hard to say. There's the way that she says it. There's a hint of you know um, ambiguity as it's... to whether or not she really knows what's going on. And right. It's fun. It is. It reminds me of those Hey Arnold moments, like at the end of the Legends, where it's like maybe it was all true the whole time. It gives you that sense of like mystery. Yeah, and I love it. And. She then goes, and this is pretty good. Um, pretty good lean into our next one. And she says, "Now, what's the story with Donnie?" <laughs> yeah, and we thought that was a nice segue for our own episode. So we'll get into that. What is the story with Donnie? So let's let's. But before we move on, let's talk a little bit about Darwin, the character, since this uh, segment is really it's about him, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, you do get this kind of interesting situation where, yeah, he's a monkey, sure, but he's portrayed much more human, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of see that from an outsider's perspective, it's a little bit strange, but I think it's interesting, and we'll get into it, that he can communicate, at least with Eliza, on a better level than Donnie and he's more human in a lot of ways than Donnie, who is human. But like, uh-huh. I, I said, like I said, we'll, we'll get into it. But I, I just, I love Darwin. I love his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to explain to him. He's a little bit, I don't want to say cowardly, but a little bit maybe more realistic than Eliza is. Right. A little less brave, perhaps. Well, I like that the humans of the show, not counting Deb, are so rugged and so, like, up for anything and willing to, you know, live out of this RV. And Darwin, this monkey, the only he can only talk to Eliza, and he's, like, more prissy than all of them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he wants the finer things. He wants to just, 
you know, not that he's necessarily lazy, but he's definitely spoiled, and it's kind of funny to see, to see that progress over time. So yeah, I just find it interesting that, like, Darwin the animal wants to live like a human in sort of luxury, and the humans of the Thornberries, not counting Deb, of course, want to live more like animals, essentially, and get to know the, the, the animals that they study on a more personal level. Yeah, it's almost like, not to say each wants the other's lives exactly, mm -hmm. but it's almost like, you know, he's more enamored with the idea of living like a human being. And, and again, they, they do this a lot in the show. He's kind of got this sort of refined way of talking, you know, he's well-spoken, well-thought-out character. He definitely comes across as sort of a, I don't know if prissy is the right word, but you know what I mean, like a yeah. a well-to-do kind of human being. Right. Yeah, so Darwin's great. This is an episode that, it's not so much about Darwin the character, it's about him and Eliza's relationship, which does define his character. He doesn't really have a relationship with anyone else on the level that he does with Eliza. Yeah, and I mean, he can't talk to anyone else, so it makes sense. Right. Alright, well, I think that's, uh, that's good for this segment. So next up, what is the story with Donnie? Our second episode is about Donnie. It's called Blight of the Donnie, and it's from Season 1, Episode 14. In this episode, Eliza and her sister Debbie must take over her mother Marianne's duties when she is sick. Debbie goes with Nigel to shoot footage of a condor, and Eliza is left taking care of Donnie. Covered with feathers from a pillow, Donnie is snatched up by the condor, and Eliza and Darwin must rescue him. This is Which just. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on a skeptical scientist rant in a please, bit about please. how unlikely that it's ever happened, but. <laughs> But, well, but aside from that, I loved this episode. Yeah, I do too. It has a lot of, it has a lot of ups and downs in it. It's got, there, there was a couple of moments that were kind of terrifying. We'll talk yes. about it, but... We also, let's talk about the theme song, because we haven't really talked about the theme song of this show very much. It's one of those, the main character explains the show theme songs, and there's this, like, safari music in the background, and I like the line that she has. She says... There's Donnie, we found him. And Darwin, he found us. Which I thought was a really nice coupling for our episode. Yeah, it does kind of show the... Again, there's many very stark differences between them, but kind of the idea that... And I'm not actually sure if they ever talk about how Darwin became a part of them. I know there is a four-episode series as to the origins of Donnie. I, I don't know if they ever delve into where... Darwin comes from. Yeah, I feel like they did. It, I seem to I seem to remember there he's given some time in a backstory. Yeah, I feel like it would be, but I just off the top of my head I'm not sure. But I do I do think it like kind of shows, you know, their differing parts and their different ways of caring about their lives. Totally. But. When this episode starts though, so Marianne, the uh, Mama Thornberry, she sounds like actual death <laughs> like she she's much she's so sick and after their conversation about how like she can't go out today do her duties blah 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 
Uh, she starts muttering, oh god, oh, my feet are swollen, I can't breathe, and she kind of trails off muttering. <laughs> I, I thought it was so funny. I felt bad for her, though, man. She looks like death. I know, it's just, you know those days when you really just don't physically feel well, and you can tell she's trying, she's like, no, we need to get the condor, it's okay, I can carry on, and it's rough, and then, and then we get to her. An unfortunate series of events in which Eliza is too small to carry the, like, backpack that her mom has. And it's decided that Debbie will shoot the the video of the condor. No one's really happy about this. <laughs> but it's kind yeah. of the only way. Because Debbie, Debbie certainly is not interested in this. And I, I don't know if Nigel thinks it's going to be bad, because I don't know if Nigel really recognizes how Debbie Debbie is. You know? I don't know if Nigel thinks about anything. That's pretty valid. Except because animals. <laughs> he lives in his own world. He's a great character. And we, yeah, we got into it last segment a little bit, but he's, he's, he's quite literally a walking meme, and it's perfect. I'm also, I was left with the question, how is Mary, how are Marianne's arms so tiny if she's backpacking all the time and care, like, her arms are so small. I don't know, it yeah. was bothering me. I guess it's almost as though animation doesn't necessarily have high quality proportions of body parts. Right, it, I don't know, she's like a rugged no, outdoorsy type. <laughs> <laughs> it does look a little unnatural. So, I don't really remember what happens with the whole pillow situation where Donnie conveniently gets covered in yeah. feathers. Eliza's taking care of him, but she kind of checks out for a second, and he, he goes to town, and he gets covered in these feathers. There's, like, glue or, like, a glue-like substance that he coats himself in, and he ends up looking just like a bird, and it's adorable. Like, in real life, obviously, it would be, like, infuriating and frustrating, but Hidani is such a likable, goofy human. <laughs> yeah. And it is cute, but again, it's just... There is no way in this world, no matter how many feathers are on your body that any real-life condor is ever going to think that you are also a condor. Like, right. there's just no way. There, and for, for one, there's also, like, you know, they use, like, scent and stuff to identify their young, and in many cases, I'm, I'm not an animal biologist by any means, but I know enough to know that that would just never happen. <laughs> right, yeah, it's weird. And that's the whole concept of the episode, basically, is Donnie gets whisked away by this condor, and Eliza's in, Eliza and Darwin have to get him back. And kind of similar to the episode previous when Darwin gets kidnapped and Eliza and Jane Goodall, of course, have to go recognize, uh, rescue him. But So then we go over to the B-plot where they're trying to get footage of this same condor that has kidnapped Donnie. It's kind of a nice cross between the two stories. And... Debbie keeps, she says, this is a Debbie Thornberry production. Put put these on. She hands him some sunglasses. They'll give you tood. And then when she's filming her dad, he gets flustered because she keeps, like, angling the camera strangely and getting right up in his face. And he's like, I, 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 and she goes, hey, Dad, haven't you even seen a rock video? <laughs> I can't get over that line. It just, you want to punch her in the face. God, she's such a terrible character. I'm sorry. I love this show, but.
but Debbie sucks. Yeah, there's also this moment where she's like, this isn't, this is old nature. I want new nature. I think she says it's like edgy or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's today's nature. Raw, edgy. She has to like causing an entire like rock slide. She like makes all the rocks fall and she thinks that that's like an exciting video and she keeps constantly missing the condor. She keeps like, (laughs) one time she faces, I don't even know how you do this. I really just don't know. But she like puts the camera up so that it's like facing towards like recording her face. And like I just don't understand how you could do that with this video camera. Especially if you look at the picture of like what their video camera looks like. Like there's just no way you could ever be that dumb, right? <laughs> well, Debbie <can't>. is. <laughs> Debbie is that dumb. And yeah, so she's insufferable. That side plot is like the best and the worst thing ever. Uh, Donnie flapping his wings is adorable. I just want to point that out. He's like, he knows that he looks like a bird. It's like, it seems like it's his plan the whole time. (laughs) And he can't talk, so we don't know, but. And then we end up going through. Eliza is like, I'm just going to reason with a bird, right? She can talk to animals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you forget that's, that's the point of this whole show. She's talking to the animals. Right, right. (laughs) She is like, oh, that's actually a human? So, and the condor gets all angry. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not stupid. I think I would know if it's a bird or not. She's like, apparently not. Yeah, and so we have some more good Darwin moments along this episode uh, as Eliza and Darwin team up to rescue Donnie. So it kind of ties our whole episode together. I just want to, I know we're not in the Darwin segment, but he just reminds me of Zazu from Lion King so much. I feel like they borrowed from that character a lot, especially in I Just Can't Wait to Be King. That's like Donnie and Darwin. That's their relationship. Yeah, I... I actually, I didn't make that parallel, but I totally see it in so many ways. And, uh, there's this great line where, so her first plan was to talk to him. I don't remember. I think her second plan was just to try to steal Donnie back or something. And then he's like, well, he asks, what's your plan B? And then she, she rattles that one off and he says, that's your plan? That doesn't even deserve a letter. (laughs) <laughs> Darwin, Darwin brings the sass. It's great, and uh, he, he brings so, the sass that's probably needed at first now and then. Yeah, so I have a dude same for the first time in ages. I know it's been a while. So I used to have this segment where, like, and a relatable moment or quote, I would it would be my dude same of the week. So I'm bringing it back. Uh, Nigel's getting frustrated with Debbie, and he is kind of getting on her about not filming the condor and she goes dad i'm creating and that's like my artsy angsty dude same of the week you're the worst i agree (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) i am indeed the worst yeah and so pretty much just ends up wrapping itself up eventually because uh oh wait there's, there's this moment first where Donnie is being, like, pushed off the edge of a cliff it's to learn twice. how to fly. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, and he, he literally yeah. falls. He plummets to his near death. The condor saves him. And then it happens again later. He falls a second time. It's 
very overwhelming episode. Yeah. Both and of these are. Again, it's one of those things, like, I know they're not going to kill Johnny, but, like, right. part of me gets a little bit anxious as I see it happening still. Yeah. And then, uh, so then they find the real baby, and, uh... It's like that level in Super Mario 64, if you ever played that, where you have to bring the baby penguin to the mama penguin, and she's convinced that one is her baby. It's it's a whole mess. Um, <laughs> it's kind of similar to this. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I see the similarity for sure. And uh, so they find the the little guy, and he has this like adult man voice. I First of all, I just love all of the voices for every single animal on this show when they talk to... Eliza. There's a great moment in the last episode where Eliza gets untied by like a warthog and she goes, thank you so much. And he goes, oh, he's like, of course, Eliza, you'd do the same for me. <laughs> and I just thought it was so cute. And so now in this episode, we have this baby bird and the mama condor goes, who's mama's little bone picker? And he just goes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of lost it that one, honestly. So funny. He's got this, like, deep, resonant voice. I am. Yeah. Both, like, weird to be a non-human and also weird to be a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the but, condor has a great voice, too. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of fun voicing that goes on with the voicing of the animals, for sure. But... Yeah, I, I guess that's, that's pretty much the end of it, right? There's yeah, they say it's, of, yeah. There's a little bit of wrap up with the. Um, I forget what happens. I know Debbie ends up saying, "I'll be in the shower for the next three days," and I'm like, "Thank God, nobody wants to see you for the next three days, anyways." But I don't remember why she says it. Yeah, I think she's like upset that about the condor footage. Or something. I don't remember. But, but yeah, you know, Eliza essentially saves the day by finding the real baby. And they're reunited with Donnie. And he's, you know, he seems completely unfazed by the entire process he just went through. Yeah, he's definitely a sort of interestingly reactive character. He didn't seem concerned at any point, you know? Even when he was falling he off the cliff. Picked up a a condor, it's not a very big deal to him. He's kind of like, whoa, yeah, like, the whole thing was so exciting to him. Right, which again, does have a, and I guess we'll leave it for the next segment, but there is a pretty strong contrast Absolutely. between him Absolutely. and Darwin and that, that nature. Yeah, so why don't we, why don't we head over to that segment and wrap this one up? That's all my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with this one. So next coming up, we're just going to have an open discussion sort of talking about the comparison between the two. We've touched a bit, but we're just going to dive right into it. Full, non-episode-based discussion on the two. All right, now it's time for our comparison segment, a new segment, because we've never done an episode like this with a two-character podcast. So, uh, what are your thoughts, Ashley, on Donnie versus Darwin and their relationship to the family? Yeah, I mean, there's there's the obvious one that I think I've said before, that there's sort of this, I don't know, just this sort of play that there's the human that acts like an animal, and the animal that acts like a human, and they 
I like the sort of dynamic that they've got going. You know, Eliza's constantly talking and is honestly on a more human relationship with Darwin than anybody is with Donnie. Donnie's just kind of wild and crazy and excited about everything, but he's, you know, obviously not not interacting in the same way that humans do, you know? Absolutely. And the thing I'm most interested in between these two characters is this idea that Donnie's a human, right, who can't communicate with words, and Darwin is a monkey who can, at least to Eliza. And uh, that comparison is interesting in a show that's kind of about human relationship with animals. And it's not like they get too preachy into, like, evolution or anything like that, but I think it's a show that takes a view that humans are a kind of animal. And that's an interesting one that I was never exposed to growing up. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there are a few cases, right, of children who were, I think, in the end, it ends up being that Donnie was raised by orangutans or something, mm-hmm. but that there is an inability to ever learn human language, even if you're, I forget the age, but there's an age, hmm. like, human beings are unable to communicate past. And I think that it's interesting to kind of, you know, see his way of dealing with the world. And, you know, it's it's a weird kind of character, I think, to be included in a show like this. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting sort of take on things to have him. There's certainly, not, think... there's certainly not a character in the world like Donnie Thornberry. <laughs> no, he's, he's a one-of-a-kind one of a kind guy, but I think I think he does just bring up some interesting points. I, I remember, yeah, as a kid, I really just didn't get him. I guess mm-hmm. I remember just like not getting why he acted like that. And I mean, to be fair, it's still a little bit weird now. Absolutely, it's you know it is it is what it is. And then we've got Darwin, the well spoken monkey here chimpanzee mm-hmm. one of the two um yeah and also too just that and we talked about it how darwin wants to live like a human right pretty and much yeah he doesn't like being super adventurous he's much more tame whereas donnie is you know he's i don't know if he's brave exactly but he certainly doesn't have fear. You know? Yeah, I don't he, know if he doesn't know fear. Things. Yeah, he lives his life completely without it. Yeah, it, it's like it's not like he needs to like work himself up to be brave. He just, like, I think the concept of fear is just lost on him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of concepts are completely lost on him, but it's kind of freeing. And I think Eliza's lucky to have such two very contrasting characters in her life who can sort of... She can have, fun, like, mindless fun with Donnie, and she can be serious with Darwin, and that's that's a nice mix. Absolutely, and I think it, it makes for a, a crazy family dynamic, and honestly, between the two of them, I'd, I'd rather live with either of them compared to Debbie. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Debbie, and it's funny, I was just thinking about how they all have kind of British or Australian names, you know, we've got Nigel, Eliza, Darwin, Donnie, Marianne, and then Debbie. (laughs) I feel like they're trying to, like, Americanize her as much as possible, because they are an American family, but they're, 
they have this sort of outback feel to them, you know? Yeah, for sure. And Debbie does not have any desire to be a part of it, which I think is kind of fair. I mean, you know, she's kind of forced into the lifestyle, which not for everyone, but yeah, a lot. And can we talk about Darwin, the, the etymology of uh, Darwin's name? That It's got to yeah. be a Charles Darwin reference. Um, it just has to be, right? I can't imagine that it's not. Mm-hmm. And Donnie, I'm not really sure where his name comes from. Yeah, I'm not positive. It might just be a name, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know all of their, their details. But it is funny, it seems like Darwin, get, they both get Eliza in and out of trouble a lot. And Darwin too, you know, he he's, has this air of like, I've got everything figured out. But he ends up, Eliza has to rescue him as we saw, and same with Donnie. So Eliza's constantly saving both of them, but they also both help her out in their own ways. Donnie usually without realizing it, but it happens. Yeah, and just their, I don't know, it's... it's I think they definitely, regardless of positivity, bring excitement into her life, you know? But I think they, in, in a way, Donnie's kind of that, like, just go for it, and mm-hmm. Darwin is more of the let's think this through kind of a a guy, you know? Kind yeah. of like the the voice of reason versus the voice of insanity, almost, and it's in great. her life. It's great, as I mentioned, uh, it's great that Eliza has both of them because she must live a very lonely life. That just the way that things are for her, it's got to be. Yeah, and she she takes it pretty well. I mean, I think part of it, too, is that because she can talk to all the animals, she feels a little bit less of that maybe than Debbie does. Definitely. Yeah, you do have to cut Debbie some slack. She is in kind of a miserable situation. And, again, she's not interested in it, clearly. Yeah. Which causes many issues, but... She... She has her moments, you know? Like in the the previous episode, her caring for the monkeys in the end was cute. Oh, yeah, it was cute. We didn't, uh... Yeah, we didn't get into that too much, but... But yeah, that was a nice redeeming side of her. It seems like Darwin and Donnie ha- don't really have relationships with anyone else in the family that are anywhere near as significant as theirs with Eliza. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I mean, obviously Darwin has the whole ability to communicate that's just lost on the rest of the family. Right. But... Tommy, Tommy, I feel like is probably the most, or I guess has the least of a relationship with anybody, like, directly. Right. He's just kind of there, you know? He's always got his crazy antics, but... And he does have emotions and feelings, but they're they're not... A, they're, it's harder to know what's exactly going on because he doesn't talk. Yeah. And I think that, too, the, the ability for them to kind of have his emotions portrayed without... Any direct communication is cool. It's a it cool is. concept. And it's such a Thornberry's thing to adopt this, like, feral child. Of course the Thornberries did, you know? I mean, were they just gonna leave them there? Right. No, they're good people. They're crazy. They're absolutely crazy, but they're oh, good they're, people. They're crazy on many different levels. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, no, but they are all kinds of crazy. And Darwin and Donnie are just two more facets of that. They're certainly a very unconventional family, like Eliza talks about in the in the uh, theme song. Yeah, she's like, we're just an average family, and I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. but we're not that average. And I'm like, yeah, who are you? Who are you kidding? Yeah, this is a great show. It's a it's a very clever concept, and there's really not much else like it. It's got hints of Dora the Explorer and stuff like that, but it's it's never preachy. It's educational and entertaining at the same time without either pulling too much from the other. Yeah. I guess, do you have any other overarching thoughts about him? Any other things you wanted to say you didn't get to? No, that's about it for me. I'm just ready to take the lead in trivia, so why don't we move on? Um... You know, you can dream, Casey, if you want. Alright guys, so Sharia's getting pretty heated as of recently. We've been tied for a while, and the score is still 7-7. Seven to seven. We only have four rounds left, because we decided at the end of the year, we're resetting everything. Whoever is the winner is the winner of all of 2016 Friday Night Nicktoon Trivia. This stuff is crazy. Stacy, hit me with it. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. All right, so the voice of Donnie is a famous musician from an alt-rock band. You don't need to name the artist, but which band is the voice actor behind Donnie from? Is it A, Nickelback, B, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, C, Simple Plan, or D, Good Charlotte? Oh, my God. Okay, we, we always said one day this was going to happen. No, no. <laughs> today, today is the day. My, my question for you, Casey, before I give my answer, okay. because this gives it away as is, is Donnie is voiced by a member of which rock band? Uh, Green Day, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Linkin Park, or Blink-182? If you guys were listening, you should be able to work this one out. That's so nuts. We didn't even use any of the same other bands, which I guess makes sense. That's hilarious. So yeah, the answer I, is, I of course, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, okay, I, what do we do? <laughs> I don't know what guess, to do with my hands. I guess I could have just lied, pulled a new trivia question, like, out of nowhere, answered it right, but that just didn't seem like the right way to go with this. I guess, do we both get a point then? We both knew it. We both knew it. All right, well, I will say, Ashley, the answer to your question is, I forget the letter, but it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, and Casey, I'm going to go ahead and say the answer to yours as well. It's probably the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That is incorrect. Hey! (laughs) Um, All right, I guess it's eight to eight now. And now we have to uh, beg the question... What happens if we tie? So I think, I guess it all depends on if it's tied for our last episode of the year, but I think we should prepare like four trivia questions each and just be prepared to go deep, you know? Yeah, I mean, even if, I guess, yeah, we'll have to see what the difference in points is, because even if we're just down, one of us is down by one. You could tie it up. Yeah, and that, we have to have a distinctive winner so that we can be horribly petty about it. Exactly. Of our days. So we're going to need, like, tiebreakers upon tiebreakers, then. Yeah, well, 
If it comes down to it, Casey, I will make and answer trivia questions with you all night. Yeah, until and until we and we can take breaks and then find more trivia questions, and yeah. So, wow, that's nuts. That's so funny yeah. that we both. I guess there aren't a ton of Thornberry's facts, but that is a and weird I thought one. That random that he's, he's not a voice actor at all i don't know yeah how did that happen how did that come to be i'm definitely curious as to why they were like hey let's get this guy from red hot chili peppers to voice this non-human character crazy stuff i'll, I'll have to look into it because i'm at I'm, a time when they were extremely popular too yeah because <laughs> i don't know if they he just recorded a bunch of stuff at once yeah or like, maybe worked you know i I will, I will look into it, or if any of you guys know anything about this or find any good sources, feel free to tweet them at us. That's at FNN, underscore, at FNN underscore podcast if you find any info, but I'll try to do some digging on my own as well. Yeah, I guess, okay, I guess it's time to move on. Wow, I'm shell-shocked. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, well, when we come back, we'll have our fun fact, a Twitter poll, and a preview for next week. All right, our fun fact for this week is Wild Thornberry's themed, of course, and that is the voice of the Condor in our Donnie-themed episode is also the voice of Miss Fowl. Andrea Martin, or Andrea Martin, not sure which, is the voice actress, and uh, does a very nice job in both roles, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, too, where once you know it, I, I can hear it. Um, also, always... Miss Fowl and a bird. <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> that's kind of, that, that's like, she has a type. <laughs> yeah, she's typecast as specifically only the voices of birds. Yeah, human-like birds or bird-like humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always goes we've got a twitter poll for you guys uh it's again at fnn underscore podcast and this week we're asking you would you rather live with donnie or darwin so pretty straightforward one there goes along pretty well with our episode and to be honest i think it's kind of a tough choice i think they both have their pros and cons to them totally and next week, we'll be looking at some School Plays episodes. We've been saving this one on the back burner for a while until I do anything relevant with my life. I'm a, I'm a music director when I'm not doing this podcast. You know, obviously it's second to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast in my life. And yeah, I booked my first Broadway show. It's going to be the revival of Miss Saigon. I'm on the music team. And we thought we would celebrate by looking at some classic Nicktoon episodes revolving around school plays. So that that should be really fun. Yeah, and I just want to throw out a quick congratulations, Casey. I know I've said it before, but trust me, guys, he deserves it. He's a great guy. Aw, look at that. And that's the end of me being cheesy and nice to Casey for the rest of the existence of this podcast. I was going to say, it's like every couple months, emotional Ashley comes out of the woodwork. And... <laughs> Like, I appreciate I that. It, meeting, unfortunately. It, it feels kind of similar to the Cubs World Series right now. The sort of like, but that doesn't make sense. What? No. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm currently at. But maybe it'll sink in by next week when we, uh, when we watch, you know, our favorite near and dear Nicktoon characters do the theater. Yes. Yes, indeed. 
I'm sure you'll have plenty of opinions on how they could have done it better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see. Um, Thanks as always, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next week.